Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Amen to those who are in here praying before service. Um, we do have the auditorium in here available Sundays now for prayer, um, just quiet individual time of reflection if you want to come in and um, just get your spirit ready for the morning. But we're so glad that you are all here with us today. Um, we're going to be continuing our series on prayer. Josh is going to be talking about um, how to pray. I think, yes, I got the yes from Brett. Um, and then I was thinking too, with tomorrow being Martin Luther King Jr. Day, it was, it was neat in our group this week, we were talking about the Jewish midwives who protected Moses from the Pharaoh's decree to kill all these newborns. And we were saying it's so neat to recognize when the spirit is moving his God's people to follow him sometimes in difference to things that are wrong. And um, so it's just a neat reminder to be sensitive to what God is calling us to and what aligns with his word. So we are going to go ahead and kick off service. I'll go ahead and invite you all to stand. And again, it's so good to see you all. And we're going to go ahead and start by worship. Amen. Thank you, Lee. Hey, it is good to be together, right? Amen. Amen. And we can be here, we can stand, we can sit and pray confidently because we believe in the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. We believe that he came down to this earth, he was born, and he died for our sins. So our first song that we're going to sing this morning talks all about the gospel that we believe to be true. Let's pray together. God, we, we're in awe of you. God, in a lot of ways, the, the gospel doesn't make sense. You give so much. And all you ask for in return is just us. You want to be with us, Lord. God, help us to remember as we're listening this morning, as we go throughout this week, that our lives are forever transformed by you. Lord, that you have the power to break addictions. That, Lord, we may come to you with shame, but we no longer need to have it. God, we love you and we praise you this morning. Draw hearts closer to you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Y'all can have a seat, kids. Just want to say thank you so much for joining us for worship this morning. It's been fun having you. We love having you join us. It's so good to worship alongside of you. You can head out to Kids Life. We will see you later. Well, good morning, church. Buenos dias, iglesia. We are glad that you guys are all here. Uh, whether this is uh, your first time, maybe you're coming back, and maybe that's part of a commitment this year. I'd like to step back in the church a little more than last year, or that you call this place your home. I just want to say on behalf of uh, the staff and everyone here that we are excited and we are glad that you're here. Uh, so when we typically start a new year, uh, we come to the end of one year and we begin another. I'm guessing, like you and like many, that we have some things that we look back and things that we reflect on. And maybe we have some new promises. There's some uh, resolutions and there's some commitments that perhaps uh, that we might have made. 
And uh, when you guys uh, sat down, you noticed that there were some index cards. And if you don't have one, they're probably around there. This is something that you don't need to fill out right this second. It's not a commitment to your offerings for the year. No, we're not doing that right now. Didn't slide that in there. It's not your commitment to any particular thing, but I want you to hold on to this card. We'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, but what might have happened in some of those commitments, you know, some of the most common things that people will make resolutions for might be something like this, exercise. Is anybody told themselves, or maybe you didn't write it down so somebody doesn't hold you accountable, but maybe exercise was one of those things you were going to commit to this year. Perhaps it was that, or maybe it was something else. Maybe it's some type of financial goals. Maybe there's a relationship that you would like to take a little bit deeper than you did last year. And so whether it's relational, whether it's financial, whether it's connected to your health, or maybe it's, it matters to your faith. That already just a couple weeks into this new year, you are here today. And we're glad that you're here today. And so what we might do is in matters of faith, we might be saying, well, I'd like to pray more this year. I'd like to read the Bible more this year. I'd like to have a better understanding of God this year. And, and that is good as well. And let me ask you, as we're a couple weeks in, how's it going? Because sometimes we get to a particular hump just even right off the bat in that very first month to where we look and we can see it's going pretty well. Or maybe it's not going as well as I hoped. Now, can I share a little bit about myself? That for me, my resolutions, the things that I've hoped to do better, the things that I have had on my mind, it's a little bit mixed. One of them is exercise. And I have some coworkers that are here with me. And as a group, we are encouraging each other after work, while many of you are still sleeping, uh, nights over at UPS, once the shift is done, we kind of look at each other and we say, well, are you going? And I think if you didn't hear that conversation, it would be so easy just to drive on home and to crawl into bed nice and warm. But just the fact that we are doing it together kind of encourages and pushes us, yeah, I didn't feel like it, but I'll go today. And sometimes that's all we need is somebody else that comes alongside us and gives us that encouragement. There are others of you that I've had some really good conversations. And when it comes to my faith, there are ways that I want to step even deeper into my relationship with God. As perhaps many of you are thinking, I want to attend church more. I want to read the Bible more. I want to know God more. And so we encourage you, let's do that together in matters of faith. And so I'm excited for those steps as well. But as an honest confession, there's an area that I'm not doing very good at right now. And it has to do with potato chips. Okay? <laughs> I don't know if you've made that personal challenge, but I have. And I guess I'm verbalizing it so you can hold me to it. I have this problem that when we get our groceries on Friday, we get one can of Pringles. Anybody? Pringles is your thing? Maybe, maybe not. But so far, my Pringles have not made it past the weekend, even when we get them on Friday. And so for two weeks, I am 0 for 2 on Pringles making it to that final Friday, and I'm only getting one can because I'd eat both or three or however many we got. But the reason I bring that up is some of our resolutions might be small, they might be comical, or they might be incredibly serious. 
But what we want to do is do things or maybe be different than what we were or how we saw ourselves from this year, from last year to this year. And what I wanted to share is that we have a commitment that we are making as a church. As a church, we are going to be putting a greater emphasis on prayer this year than what we did last year. And we want to ask everybody to go ahead and join on in. Wherever you feel uh, that you are in your familiarity with prayer, whether you feel like you're pretty rusty and it's been a while, maybe it's something that you're very comfortable with, or you just want to dive deeper into your relationship with God, we want to do that together. And so this is week two in a teaching on prayer. And while we are doing this, we are going to invite you to do this and to practice this uh, each and every day. We want you to practice it during the week. We want you to practice it by yourself. We want you to practice it in groups. And we also want to do it together as a church. And so we're going to be putting this emphasis on prayer, not just as a way to start the year well, but we're going to continue to do that throughout the entire year. Because if, if we are honest with ourselves, everyone prays. You may not feel that you're very good at prayer, or you might not feel that you're very comfortable with prayer, but at some point, everybody prays. No, everyone prays. It could be a short prayer where you're just saying thanks because something went incredibly well. It could be something that just kind of knocks you off your feet, and it leads you to where even if you have questions or doubts about, about God, you would think, well, I'm just going to offer a prayer just anyway, just in case. And so we don't know what 2024 is going to look like at the end of this month, at the end of this year. But as a church, we are saying, why don't you join in and we dive and take one step deeper and closer into our relationship with God. And let's do that as we pursue him in prayer. And so last week, Tom began this series and he described to us what is prayer. So we need to look at what is prayer. If you want a refresher on that, I believe we have that recorded online so you can listen to that message. But we looked at a couple elements of what is prayer. Because there's a few things that come with prayer. Prayer could be just calling out to God. It could be when we take times and moments of confession to God. This communion with God or maybe it's just something that we need. And so these are just kind of a, a picture of some of those elements of prayer. And there are more. But not only do you need to have an understanding of what prayer is, what we're going to do today is, well, then how do we pray? So what's the how-to prayer? And so what I'm going to do is we're going to kind of start off a little more broad, and we're going to give you a little bit of a framework. What's the right attitude? What's kind of that posture we should have with prayer? And then we're going to bring it a little closer in, not just what's the right attitude and mindset, but then what are some things maybe we shouldn't do when it comes to prayer? Or what are some of those specific words and maybe just a little bit of guidance on how can we pray uh, better than what we have done before? Because what if, and this is kind of the, the, the question I'm kind of thinking to myself, what if it became more natural for every one of us to pray this year. 
What if it was more natural for us to pray and to talk to God, not just about this thing or that thing, but what if it became more natural for us to talk to God about everything? When life is really hard and when life is really good and everything in between. And so that we would talk to God about everything, that we would talk to God all the time in short prayers, in long prayers, in structured prayers, in spontaneous prayers, but that would be our default. Let's talk to God about this. There are plenty of people we can talk to about all kinds of things, but what if it was that it was God that would bring our questions to, our concerns, our needs, and that would just be more natural this year than it would be last year. And so we're going to look at that, and I want to encourage you, let's just start where we are. You don't need to clean things up. You don't need to say uh, the most eloquent words, but just kind of start where you are, and let's build on that, and let's do that together. So we're going to look at God's word, because when the disciples heard Jesus pray, I would imagine they were familiar with prayers, that they had given and offered prayers themselves. But when they heard and saw Jesus pray, there was something that Jesus did that they said, let me do that. Will you teach us to pray like that? And when you've seen somebody who is an expert or somebody who is incredibly talented at a particular thing, you might think, no, I've seen somebody do that, but the way you do that Show me how to do it like that. And for Jesus' disciples, they saw him and they said, Jesus, we've heard and we've seen people pray and we've prayed as well. But will you teach us like that? Okay. So we're going to hear from Jesus. What did he say about prayer? Uh, the verses are going to be on the screen. We're going to be looking in Luke. If you want to turn to your Bible or device, Luke chapter 18. And we'll see what Jesus said about prayer. And we're going to start kind of out here, and then we're going to bring it on in. Verse 9 in chapter 18, it says this. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Robbers, adulterers, evildoers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, this chapter actually begins a little earlier on verse 1 with a different parable. In that parable, it says that it was told to remind the disciples that they should always pray and they should not give up. That idea of perseverance. Now, that is a message in itself. Because I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen in front of us this month and next month. But we need to have perseverance for when those times get difficult. And that we need to keep that in mind. To always pray and to not give up. But if we look later in the verses that we have for us, we see two different prayers. 
One prayer is from a Pharisee, one of the leaders of that day. And the other is a tax collector. Now, who likes taxes? Okay. Not a whole lot of hands, not a whole lot of nods when it comes to taxes. And I bet it's not just the taxes, but we might be upset with even those who collect taxes. And so we have this tax collector and taxes that aren't very favorable, but we have a collector of taxes who would also not only take the tax, but take a little extra for himself. And so here's how bad it was in that day. When some would talk about sinners, they would use that broad term of sinners and they would say, and then there's sinners and then there's tax collectors. So you can see where they rank, right? But even in the midst of that, we have these two different prayers and the Pharisee actually starts the prayer out pretty good. And so here are the words of how he starts that prayer. And, and how does this look? God, I thank you. Now, we need to pause and stop just right there because that's a good prayer. And I would say that's not just a good prayer, but that's a great prayer. It is a few words. It's powerful. And that reminds us that our prayers do not have to be so long, but they can be short and sweet and they can get right to the point. And there's very, uh, all kinds of reasons for us to give a prayer of thanks. And we probably don't say it enough. So what we're going to do is we're going to just take a couple seconds and we're going to practice saying this, okay? We can say it in English. We can say it in Spanish. It's your choice, okay? Either one, that's fine. But we need to say this more often. Thank God. Let's say it, okay? Thank God. We can say it in Spanish. Gracias a Dios. Want to try that one? Gracias a Dios. So these are words that should be coming out of our mouth, not just once in a while, but on a regular basis. Gracias a Dios. Thank God. Thank God for a day when we can come together and turn to God's word. And what would we say? Gracias a Dios. Okay, you guys can say it all together. Okay, we'll do a little call and response. I'll say something. Okay, it's okay. We'll try this one more time. Uh, let's say that it's the weekend and the work week is done. What will we say? Gracias. Oh, there you go. That's a lot better. You got a great meal that has been prepared and you've eaten it and it tasted awesome. What, what, what might we say? There you go. It is payday. What might we say? There's snow on the ground, and it's not four inches or five inches. It's just the dusting like today. We might say? And maybe it's the end of the week. The work is done, and you're excited to go to a particular restaurant, and maybe it's not just any restaurant, but it is... Mexican food. La comida, la comida mexicana. What do we say? Gracias a Dios. And for some of you, you're thinking, I don't need to wait for the weekend for that. That's just good home cooking on a Monday. But we need to say this more often. Thank God. Gracias a Dios. For this and for that and for that. And for that, let's not wait for just the big moments, but we do that on a regular basis for all types of things and for all kinds of occasions. 
So the Pharisee begins incredibly well. God, I thank you. But now we're going to see as he continues to say more words. What does he say? He says this. God, I thank you for what? I thank you that I'm not like other people. And so now all of a sudden our prayer goes from an A to an F. Because it started off well, God, I thank you, but God, I thank you that I'm not like him or her. That I'm not like the adulterers, the robbers, or those that are doing these kinds of things. It's as if he's saying, God, you see me, and look at what I've done. Do you see that, God? Do you see my good works? Do you see how I'm doing? I pray. I fast. I've done all these religious things. And in comparison to others, I look great. Does anyone fall trap into the comparison kind of game? I was just even kind of talking out loud, preparing uh, for, for this message, just, you know, getting some sound checks and doing that before you all arrived in here. And as I was saying that, what does it mean for us in those comparisons? It could be, and this is my thing, when I'm driving down the neighborhood, if you have your garage door open, that's an invitation for me to take a peek in. For others, it might be a window. You got the lights on, window there. That's an invitation to peek in. But sometimes with those comparisons, it's something that makes us feel bad or discontent with what we have. And so sometimes those comparisons, they, they lead us down a, a bad path. And here we have the Pharisee who would use comparison to look down on others and to try to make himself look good. Let me ask you this question. If it would come to comparison, are there people that you would rather stand beside or stand close to? Because if you could imagine at the end of our lives giving an accounting to God, and if we are basing it on this idea of comparison, I have some people in mind that I wouldn't mind having right beside me. I might have some people in my family that I like a little closer to me because I might think, you know what, in comparison to them, God, here's what I do compared to what they do. In comparison to my neighbor, here's what they do and here's what I do. Is there even somebody in this church that you wouldn't mind coming close to and in comparison? Maybe I shouldn't do that, right, and may put somebody on the spot. But is there somebody that you wouldn't mind sitting right beside you? Because you might say, hey, God, if you're looking down, I'm here on a Sunday morning. And I've done this on this past week. And in comparison, I might look just a little bit better. But yet, this Pharisee, we could write him off as being a jerk. But we see he falls into that trap of confidence in his good works. And here's how we can fall into that as well. If only I can do enough. If I pray enough, if I go to church enough, if I do a religious, enough religious things, maybe that'll be enough. 
Maybe if I'm more generous, if I'm more kind, if I help those that are in need, if I raise my family the best that I can, or if I just live a good life, then maybe that will be enough. Because you know, God, honestly, I'm not perfect, but at least I'm not like And maybe at least I'm not as bad as. And we can fall right into that same trap. Let me be clear here. And I want everyone to understand uh, understand this. Your works, your goodness, your righteousness will not get you eternal life. You cannot earn your way into God's kingdom. That salvation is a gift. You will not miss out on the eternal life that God offers to us because you didn't go to church, because you didn't read your Bible, or you didn't do all of these other kinds of things. You will miss out on the kingdom of God because you did not Humble yourself before a holy God. And when we fail to humble ourselves before God, and when we choose our way of doing life rather than this way, then we miss out on his kingdom. And so what I want you to see now is how the Pharisee would compare others and himself and how he would lean on and be confident in his good works and righteousness. How about this other prayer? And it's the second prayer of the tax collector. You see, he doesn't put his hope on his resume. He doesn't try to point out others and make himself just look a little bit better. But instead, he says this short prayer. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So do you see kind of that posture and attitude of his prayer? It's humble. And that kind of humility, that kind of posture is not just the attitude we need to have for its life, our life, but it plays out into the attitude and posture that we can have and should have in prayer. He's not assuming his good deeds are even worthy of mention, but actually we see him and read about him. He has his head down. And perhaps there are moments when we think of what we've done, we can't even look somebody in the eye. And with his head down, perhaps reflecting on the wrong that he has done. He is not proud looking up to God, but he is beating his chest in disgust and in shame. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And we're told that it is this one who goes home justified. God, I'm not here to boast about my good because it's not enough. And what I need is your mercy. And what I need is your grace. Now, if you had the chance to hear the good news or the bad news, which would you rather hear first? Who's the good news first? Okay. Ooh, we got a lot of bad news first then, huh? Well, let's start with some of the bad news. The bad news is that we have all sinned and that we have all fallen short. 
And that regardless of any and all of our best efforts, we are in debt for our sin. And it is a debt that you and I cannot pay. That we have no hope to pay. Regardless of the amount of things that we could do. And it is a debt we cannot pay. It is a debt that we cannot overcome. And you can't earn your way in. You won't be able to talk your way in. Your resume won't get you in. And that comparison won't get you in either. Because we're all in the same boat. But there's good news. There's good news when somebody tells us it's Taco Tuesday. There's good news when somebody tells us that it's payday. There's all kinds of good news, but the gospel news is not just that kind of good news. The gospel, the good news is that in spite of our sin, in spite of our rebellion, in spite of going our way rather than going his way, God offers grace and mercy. That God would send his son, that Jesus would live a perfect life, the life we did not live, the life we could not live, and he pays the debt that we could not pay. His perfect sacrifice for us. And when we humbly confess, when we come in agreement that our deeds are not worthy into his kingdom. He offers us the gift of salvation. And on top of that, he offers us the gift of prayer. That he longs to hear from us and that he longs to talk to us. And that is good news. That we can speak to and hear from the God of the universe. And so what we find in Hebrews, that Hebrews, it says it this particular way. So then, with all this in mind, let us have confidence. Let us approach God's throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and that we could find grace in those times of need. And that we can come boldly, not just in those times of need, but in everything and at all times with short prayers, with long prayers, that we can speak to God. And not only can we speak to him, but he longs to respond and speak back to us through prayer, through his word, through others who speak into our lives. And so he offers us that gift. Amen? And it's not only this posture of prayer. How about some things as we move a little closer? How should we not pray? You, you probably have seen maybe when you have a question, anyone turn to YouTube for some do-it-yourself? Or maybe you go to YouTube because you're a little hesitant to actually ask somebody and let them know what you don't know. And so we get online, and online you find some great things, but you also have some people who don't know what they're talking about. And so sometimes we need to know what not to do. And Jesus would anticipate that and said, here's how not to pray. So this is in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus, what is it we should not do when we pray? Glad you asked. And he says it this way in Matthew chapter 6. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners. And here's their motive. Why do they do that? To be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. 
So what this verse is not telling us is it isn't saying we should not pray in public. It is not telling us we shouldn't pray in church. We can do both of those things. We should pray in church. We should pray outside of church. We can pray in public. We should pray in private. But you see the motive there, the motive for them was to be seen. But what should our motive be? It should be different. And if it is different, how then do we pray? Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Josh, does this mean if I pray outside, outside of my door and the door's not closed and I'm not in that closet, my prayer will not be heard? No, I'm not saying that. But if your motive is to be seen, that is one thing. If your motive is to connect with the God of the universe, perhaps we should do some things a bit differently. We know what this means in real life. When you're having a conversation with somebody, you give them eye contact. You give them your attention. How about with some of our devices? You ever have a real good conversation with somebody and you're listening as you're doing this? Maybe if we're going to have a conversation, it needs to be with some distraction. So we need to close this. We need to turn this off. Can you talk to somebody and have a conversation with the TV on? Maybe. But there are moments when we need to turn that volume down or turn it completely off. And so if your motive is to connect well with others, there are things we do. And so Jesus would say, these are some things not to do. How about another one? Jesus would go on and he would say this. But when you pray, don't keep on babbling Does anyone babble? Don't keep going on and on like the pagans. And here's why. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. When you're having a conversation with somebody and they need something, say somebody asks you for $5, That might be a short conversation. Maybe you might be curious what they need that $5 for. But if somebody asks you for $100, I'm guessing it's a longer conversation, right? Except if it's coming from your family. In my family, my wife and I, if she asks for $100, it's probably a pretty short conversation. And it might go something like this. Josh, I need $100. Okay, there it is. Or maybe we don't even get that far. It might be something like this. Josh, I needed $100 and I already grabbed it. It's a short conversation when it's within the family. And so Jesus is saying, you don't need to go on and on like those outside the faith because they continue to use many words when they are outside the family. And so this is my invitation. Let us come into God's family. And he knows what we need. We don't need to go on and on to try to convince him, but he knows already what we need. To know something amazing you, you can kind of grab this right now I'm still not going to ask you to write anything down on this 
Because sometimes when we get a card, here's what we do. We are asked to kind of write something down. You can put down your name. You can put down a prayer request. But here's how awesome God is. With this card, you don't have to put one word. You don't have to put your name. You don't have to put your request. You don't have to make a long list. You don't need to put a short list. And if we gathered all of these cards of yours without you putting your name or your request and you left it here, we would not know how specifically to pray for you. But that is not a problem for God. That he knows even before we write it down, before the words come out of our mouth, exactly what we need. And so we can be honest with him. Ephesians would say it this way, and so let's just pray. Let's pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of requests. And with this in mind, let's keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so here's just what this means for us. And you can respond. Let's do a little back and forth in English or in Spanish. Either one. We're going to say yes or no. Okay? In English, that's yes. In Spanish, that's what? See, there you go. Easy one. Easy one. So can we pray at home? Can we pray at work? Can I use a few words? Can I use a lot of words? You can do both. Okay, that was a trick question. Can you pray for yourself? Can you pray for others? Can I pray in English? Can I pray in Spanish? Can I pray with my eyes open? Can I pray with my eyes closed? Can I pray while I'm driving? But don't pray with your eyes closed while you're driving. But we need to do what Paul would say in 1 Thessalonians. That we need to rejoice always. That we need to pray continually. Let's pray without ceasing. And we need to give thanks in all circumstances. Let's not overcomplicate prayer. It is a gift. And so let's make the most of it. Now, when we get a framework and attitude for prayer, when we get some how not to pray, some of you are ready to run. You're saying, Josh, get out of the way. I'm ready to pray. And there might be some of you that might say, Josh, I'm not asking for myself, but I'm asking for a friend. Do you have some guidelines? Do you have some words that we might pray? And if you didn't grab one of these on your way in, on your way out, we have some extras. But we're going to start with something very familiar. You might know it as the Lord's Prayer or our Father, right? But let's look at this for just a moment. And band, you can kind of start making your way down here. Because what is an excellent start, or maybe not just a new start, but a great way to continue in your prayers is to use, prayer, uh, use Scripture as your guide. What better way to pray than being right in line with what God has already said? And so just look at this. It starts this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And you notice here when we are praying that, what we need to do is be honest in our prayer. 
So you might be just looking at those words, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It might cause you to pause and stop and say, you know what? When I think of my Father, I have terrible memories. And maybe you just need to start there and, and be honest to God as you pray these words. Or perhaps when you say, our Father who art in heaven, God, I don't know what heaven is like. I'm not very clear on how to get to heaven, but we could be honest with God as we just pray those words. The next words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe those words cause your prayer to be one of confession. God, this earth, your kingdom, there are things that break my heart. Are those things that break your heart? And then when it says next, give us this day our daily bread, that might lead you into a prayer of God, if I were honest, there are things that I need. Can I share with you those things that are on my heart, the things that break my heart? And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Maybe there's some forgiveness that needs to happen in your family. That needs to happen at work. That might need to happen at home. And as you read those words in a prayer that God would lead you to say and show you what needs to be done. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Maybe that reminds you of those things that slow you down, the sin that trips you up in your life. So friends and family, when it comes to prayer, we don't need a lot of words, but they should be honest. And so perhaps this week, here's the invitation, that you begin to pray scripture, that you would go deeper in your relationship with God. I'm not sure what 2024 is gonna mean in my life, of what's going to happen in your life. And even with more prayer, even with consistent prayer, that may not mean that the doctor's results are what you hope they would be. It may not stop the loss of some loved ones, but I would say this. I did. I'd rather face 2024 and whatever comes my way being fully connected to God, to laying my request before him. And so let's do that as a church. This week, take a moment to revisit the Lord's Prayer or perhaps another familiar psalm that might uh, come to your mind. And we're gonna do this as a church. Today, you didn't need to write anything, but next week, let me give you a little tease of where we're headed. Next week, rather than just learning about prayer and how to pray, guess what we're going to do next week? We're going to pray. And we're going to do that as a church. And before you get all nervous, what does that mean? We're going to walk you through that. We're going to guide you. And even if you're not comfortable with prayer or you're a veteran in prayer, we want to do this together. And perhaps that's going to help you deepen your relationship with God. Or perhaps that is for the sake of you inviting somebody along with you so we can share what we've learned 
and what we've experienced in our relationship with God through prayer. Amen? Let me pray for us today. God, we want to say thanks for your mercy and your grace. That you would offer the gift of salvation. That you... That you long to hear from us. And perhaps it's been a while since we've talked. Perhaps we are heartbroken from what is happening in our lives. Perhaps there are just all kinds of things that have distracted us or, or, or just come in our lives. And, and for whatever those reasons, God, we are here today. And, and God, you can meet us right where we are. And God, so for this year, would you just uh, help us to dive deeper into a relationship with you? Would we bring some people along? God, you are so uh, full of love and mercy, and yet we just need your, your, your grace. We thank you for all that you have done and for all that you will do, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. We want to remind you that our big move-in day, it's happening right now. It's scheduled for a couple Saturdays from now. It's scheduled Saturday, January 27th. We're going to need all hands on deck. Uh, whether you feel like you could lift something huge or something small, we could use you. All right, so go sign up on mylcc.info for more information on that. Thank you so much for being a part of the service with us, and we love you, and have a good Sunday.